You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, sexymarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, alongside my lovely and ever-talented wife, Pam. Hey, nation. We are having straightforward honors conversations about married life, and specifically sex, which was a lot of fun because this past week, you and I got to do a first where I've gone and spoken to lots of different moms groups in the area over the years, but this time... My wife Pam joined me on stage at Preston Trail Community Church for their mom's group. It was so much fun. And we just talked sex, answered questions. It was just a Q&A. 64 questions came in, and I think we answered six. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> there was so much to cover. We could have done an entire weekend. Absolutely, but it was so much fun. My wife rocked it on the stage. Well, back at you. It was a great team of people there at, at Preston Trail, so I was excited about just a massive group of ladies there yes. that uh, were excited to learn more on the topic and uh, just throwing yeah. out all kinds of questions and conversation starters. And uh, so I think there's going to be great things happening there. Absolutely. So if you're new to the Sexy Marriage Nation because you heard us speak and now you're listening, hey, shout out to you, ladies from Preston Trail. Yeah, we had or husbands you guys. that are join, yeah. joining in with the Sexy Marriage Nation now. If you've been here a while as part of Sexy Marriage Nation, man, I'm so glad you keep coming back and jumping in by letting us know what you think at 214-702-9565 is where you can call us to leave us your questions or thoughts or comments. And then we also love feedback at sexymarriageradio.com where we get regular emails coming in about, hey, I've got this issue. Hey, I've got this. What about that? And then we also get that, man, you guys totally missed it. Here's what I think. And we love being able to circle back and clarify or adjust and take the feedback because I do believe marriage in that. In, well, just like in marriage, the pushback we can get from people can help us be better. Yeah, absolutely. And we this, got thick skin. We're and, good. and this is a relationship. We have a relationship with the Sexy Marriage Nation because mm-hmm. they not only are they the sexiest nation in the world. They are. They also are vital to what we do. Because mm-hmm. Sexy Marriage Radio is listener-driven radio, as it always has been. Mm-hmm. And so, coming up on today's show, uh, with the regular version, we've got some of your questions, some of our answers, and I also am being joined by um, Pam Costa, who's a, way, a woman I came across from a fellow member of the Sexy Marriage Academy, posted a link to her TED Talk. Okay. On she's, She has one out there about sexual desire and how she has none. It's the way she kind of starts her talk and then goes from there of just what she discovered as she tried to lean into this and and figure out what's going on. Pretty interesting. And why. It's very, very good. And so she's joining us for part of the episode. Okay, that's that's going to be great for the listeners. Yeah, at the end of the regular version. And then on the extended version of Sexy Marriage Radio, which we go even deeper and and longer, uh, you get to hear the rest of our conversation that I had with Pam, where we kind of geeked out on the research she did with her uh, circles, 
concept of just trying to encourage women is her is her target audience, but she also works with men now and, and is trying to figure out how to bridge that gender divide a little bit. Yeah. But on just how getting the conversation started is what helps change everything when it comes to how we do sex and how we approach desire and all of the impacts that that has on our lives. So I'm glad you're here. If you want to learn more about how to join the, the to get your version of the extended, uh, sexymarriage.net forward slash SMR Academy. So glad you're here. All that's coming up today on today's show. So to start right off, we're going from an email at the inbox at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. Okay. Uh, this one just came in, actually. And this says, Dear Corey and Pam, first off, I love the show. Thank you for your valuable insight. I've learned a lot about myself and my husband through our words. So here's the issue, because they have a really good marriage. I'm going to have to paraphrase this some, okay, because it's, be a, it's a lengthy yeah. email. But the main, they have a really good marriage. They hardly fight. It's, it's really pretty vibrant. But the issue is, she is the higher desire. All right. And so it's always, it hasn't always been like this in their seven-year relationship, but it has been that way for a while. And although my husband never turns me away, I'm always the one who initiates. Though he responds enthusiastically and is happy to give the time and the effort, I feel hurt that unless I make it clear that I want to have sex, he'll just get into bed, say goodnight, and fall asleep. She sometimes wonders how long she could go and not initiate before he actually would, but she fears it might be months. I got to think that that is a common thought that all high desires have, male or female. How many nights, weeks, months could I go right. if I didn't initiate without sex? Okay, I'll let you keep No, going. no. Put a pin in that because that's worth bringing back up yeah. to explore just real quick. So she's just curious because I've we've made a comment that it's often the lower desire spouse that the one who may see things more clearly and feels that the sex the couple is having is not worth wanting. And I don't believe that's the case for us. We have amazing sex and I think my husband agrees, but if I don't initiate, it doesn't happen. She has a deep desire to be pursued by her husband, but he doesn't seem to realize it. This leads to the catch 22. If I tell him, he may start to pursue more, but it won't feel authentic to me. And that's the general content. I want them to want it. Right. That's the conflict that we run into when we're talking about mismatched desires Mm -hmm. and the differences between the higher and lower. So her question is, there's so many things I want to add to our sex life, like how often I want it. I want floor foreplay to begin outside of the bedroom. I dream about my husband sending me sensual text messages, whispering something sexy to me while we're going out about our day. And I'm at the point where I dream that I was the lower desire so that I could feel more confident in asking. I've actually worked up the courage I've, to, to send my husband a text that was suggestive, and he responded with a smiley or something that indicated that he didn't know how to respond. And so she actually tried to lead into what she's looking for, and it was almost like he didn't know how to respond to that. So it's almost like they're both in uncharted waters. Yeah. Is the way I'm hearing this. And so this is probably due to our strictly religious upbringings. My husband's not a spiteful or mean person, and I'm sure he doesn't want to hurt me, but I feel hurt. So how can I help him and help myself? Thanks for the incredible work that you guys do. And this is an interesting one because some of this conversation I want you and I to have, Pam, I want to take the gender out of it because some of it's just the dynamic between higher and lower. And then, okay. and then the, that, that's just for a short snippet. Okay. And then the rest of it I want to land on for her. 
Okay. Okay. Because one of the things that she's talking about with this dilemma of if I don't initiate it, it's not going to happen. I don't know many ways around that as the higher desire. Okay. It. I, I mean, I've heard you talk quite a bit on the show about, okay, in, es, in essence, how it sounds in my ears is higher desire. You're just going to have to be okay with you being the one initiating. Well, and so some of this might mean we need to pull back and ask the question of what does initiation mean? Okay. Because maybe there could be some definitions that help clarify that within this couple. Maybe there's, if she sits down and says, look, here's the lay of the land. Here's the struggle I've got. I really want you to initiate some. Maybe he thinks he does. Maybe he thinks his responsiveness is initiation. Maybe there's, there's a lot of different things where it's like, oh, I hadn't even thought of it that way, maybe. And that's so funny. We've had, uh, there was an episode on this responding versus initiating, right? Mm-hmm. And responsiveness is not initiating. No, By it's definition, not. it's not. No, it's not. So, <laughs> I get that. Uh, but it's, it's the struggle of, I, I understand her fear because most higher desires understand, you know what, I'm, I'm really tired of doing all the lifting in this arena. Even though it's not the entirety of the lifting, it's just getting it started. Yeah, and, and she wants him to want it. She wants him to want to. Is it? Is it that he doesn't want it at all or just that he just doesn't initiate? So let me go back to what we put a pin in for her of uh, wondering how long she would have to go before he would. Yeah. One of the things that comes to my mind when reading this email is if if the dynamic is she will overfunction to make it happen, he doesn't have to. There's no requirement of him to step up. Because he knows that that's just going to be what right. happens. And She's so going to initiate it. I'm curious if there was a conversation that was that went somewhere along the lines of, you know, honey, I feel like lately I have been the one that's carried the burden of making this stuff happen when it comes to sex for us. I'm taking a break. The ball's in your court. I'm here when you make the move. I really want to be with you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to... I'm waiting for you. Yeah. And it's just kind of a a very overt because where the problem comes down is when couples like the higher desire goes, I wonder how long it would take. And they do it covertly because the theory is the void will be filled by the lower desire desire that they'll up it because that's what's been squashing it is my higher. But if I'm more upfront about calling out the dynamic, at least maybe that leads to a deeper conversation, deeper self-awareness among both spouses something to that effect that could shift the system a little bit to where it doesn't feel as much of a divide. I like that idea. And I'm, I'm saying that personally speaking, right. Um, coming from the lower desires standpoint, not, not lower desire in that I don't want it, but lower desire in that I don't want it as often. And I'm kind of like the husband here. You know what? I'm sleepy. If it's bedtime, I'm perfectly happy if you're not making a move to go to sleep. Right. Um, but that being said, I do realize that if there's been however many nights of just going to sleep, I start feeling the pressure like sure. it's going to happen. It's going to happen one of these nights. It's going to sure. happen. And it's like this, it's like this unspoken pressure of something's going to happen and I'm going to, I'm going to have to 
respond or perform. Uh, and so if they're, if it's not covert, if it's out in the open and you've had that discussion, you know what? I know from the get go, it's squarely on my shoulders. Right. I got to get my head there and I got to make it. Right. And uh, I, I, it's, it's my turn. Right. At least the, the, the goal isn't, does the lower desire actually step up to the plate regularly, consistently, etc.? That's an attachment to an outcome. Instead, this move, the goal actually is calling out the dynamic between you better. Right. And I like the calling out. And it's because the negative tension comes when we don't call it out. When it's just this hidden, well, if I don't bring it up, they won't bring it up. Right. And it's just this whole passive thing. But if it's out in the open, to me, that I, I take it as a more positive tension between the two of you. And maybe a, a growth move for me because right. I know what I've, uh, I've got to step out of my comfort zone to make something happen. Right. And the, the key word you're talking about there, Pam, is the tension is in existence Either way, it doesn't. Oh, it is. The totally. tension is there, and so one of the things that I can hear in her email is, "How do I? How do I break this tension? How do I avoid it? How do I change the tension?" And you can't. You can't. The tension's just there. Yeah, it's just a reality, and so some of it comes into this catch twenty two. That's exactly what she's describing, where at least she's recognizing. When I bring it up and then he does it, I see it as disingenuous or not authentic because he doesn't actually want it. That's where the struggle of married life plays out is because we know our partners well enough. Mm -hmm. So then it comes down to how do I start to focus not so much on the journey of how we are getting to places, but do we actually get to places? If he, I mean, because this is one of the things we brought up in our life group a while back, and one of the couples made a comment that he, a husband would set a reminder in his phone to to remind him to send some text messages to his wife throughout the day. Right. And one couple heard that as, oh, that's that's really good. And another heard, heard that as, you have to remind yourself to do that? That's so bad. Right. Right? And it's like, so it's all in how we look at it. Right. So it's seeing this as, okay, well done to husband who, when she does speak up, he he follows through, it sounds like. he He hears it. He acknowledges it. So then the pressure's on her to realize... Do I get caught up in the fact that, oh, he didn't really mean it? Or do I get caught up in the fact that, hey, look at that. It, I'm getting what I want. Because now we're getting into the, our own self-sabotage. Right. Well, you know, I, I, I can't speak to whether he really did want it or not. I mean, that's, True. that's an assumption. She, she knows him better. True. But, but she doesn't know him better than him. So what kind of discussions have gone on there between the two of them as to whether he really Well, this yeah, what? this thing gets into the last point I want to make with them is that the whole concept of when we're talking about the dynamics of married life and we're talking about the deeper levels of this dynamic, when I claim what I'm wanting or I lay out what I'm wanting, I don't also have the the blessing, now the blessing is the right. I don't I don't also have the power to say, okay, Pam, this is what I'm wanting from you. And then add this power of, and here's how I want you to do it. Doesn't work that way. It's the concept of, I have to claim what I'm looking for, what I want, what I'm interested in, what would mean, what would speak to me. 
Mm-hmm. Then I have to give my partner to the room to fake it until they make it or fake it all the time or whatever. And if it's all the time where I'm getting the sense, I just get the sense you're buying me off with this. You're not, it's not real. I would rather the real, at least then I'm confronting the tension between us more accurately. Yeah. And so too often we get caught in, let me tell you how I want to do this. When I, I don't get that right. No, no. I mean, there's, there's two people here. You don't get a say how the whole game is going to be played. Exactly. And so the other last question I have for the higher desire wife in this concept, in this email is when she's saying, I want to feel pursued. Well, what does that exactly mean? What are some quantifiable definitions of that in the context of your marriage? And then the other question I have is, can you be or feel pursued in other ways that isn't just sexual initiation? Could you see some gestures that he's maybe already doing? Mm -hmm. Could you see some romantic things? Could you see some emotional connection that he's already doing? Some intimacy, some deep conversation, some of those. And is that actually the possibility of pursuit? Yeah, is that his method of pursuing? Because this is something we haven't mentioned in a while on the show, is what we often will do in married life is I look for the things in the manner in which I would do them. When in reality, my spouse may be doing them. I'm just not seeing them because she, she or he's not doing them in the manner I would do them. Mm. Yeah, that, and that's a touchy one. Because um, lots, so many times we just don't even realize that until maybe they point it, it rears its head. Right. Um, that that sometimes takes an outsider looking in or, or a spouse bringing it to our attention to realize, oh, they are doing what I've asked them to do. Right, right. And, and that's the interesting thing that if you look at just the dynamic of marriage and how we believe at Sexy Marriage Radio, it's designed to help us grow up. That's yeah. the point. Yep. One of the mechanisms that's, that really requires our growth is giving our partner freedom to be themselves and how they go alongside and live with live and live and among me. Mm-hmm. And so this is that thing of I can handle my side of the equation and say what I'm looking for, but I don't get to dictate all the terms and how it's done. Okay. So I hope that helps. Hope so. So some of the other emails we get in a lot over the, over the course of Sexy Marriage Radio mm-hmm. is this whole concept of the wife is the lower desire, which is the opposite of where we just were. Yeah. And we've, con- we've had lots of different concepts and, and conversations trying to figure out what is it that would help the lower desire partner? Yeah. Well, one of the members I mentioned at the opening of the show, one of the members of Sexy Marriage Radio Academy posted, I just found this YouTube, this TED Talk. You got to watch it. And it quickly blew up in the Academy. Yeah. And just, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I went and watched it and immediately emailed Jessica and said, get Pam Costa on the show. Yeah. And so what follows is a conversation with Pam Costa where she has a TED, the, na- the title of her TED Talk is Reclaiming Female Sexual Desire. And it's just her journey is the TED Talk. And so we'll put links to that on the show, on the show notes. Uh-huh. And then if you want to join the, uh, the Extended or the Academy, you'll get to hear even the deeper conversation that she and I had after. Yeah. Well, joining me for a segment of Sexy Marriage Radio, and then with Pam's graciousness, she's going to go even further in more detail when we get into the extended area of today's show, is Pam Costa, that uh, 
the way she promoted herself when we were just talking was, uh, I used to be in tech and now I talk about sex. And so that's quite the leap. So Pam, thanks for joining the Sexy Marriage Radio Nation today. Absolutely. It's great to be here. So, I mean, that just sets up the first question right off, Pam, is how, how did that leap from what you used to do as the engineer tech lady to where you are now, how, how did that happen? Yeah, it's a, it's a funny leap. I never, you know, if you would have come across me 10 years ago and told me this is where I'd be now, I would have just completely laughed. Um, yeah, so I, I love tech. I thought I'd be doing tech forever. Uh, but as, as most uh, midlife career change things happen, something happened in my life, uh, which is that I was struggling with sex in my marriage. And uh, honestly, you know, I didn't think anything was possible to change that. I just kind of thought it was the way that it was. Uh, but my husband and I had started seeing a sex therapist and along that journey, um, I realized, wow, I'd never talked to anybody about this topic before, but it's so helpful and maybe I should do this more. And I loved how you're, when we were talking, you were saying, you know, this, your, your, your sexy marriage radio and everything, it just has kind of evolved organically. And same with me, it's just kind of evolved organically over time. Right. Cause we, I would say that a lot of overlap in that, uh, we're trying to frame conversations or even start conversations because there's Absolutely. so much that, uh, has been stifled or tabooed or, dogmatically religioned out or, you know, there's a lot of silence around this, seg this subject and you're just so, so the Sex Emerge Nation, um, some of the people in the academy are the ones that mentioned you first on your, your TED talk on just oh, wow. That's wonderful to hear. <laughs> reclaiming, you know, your desire or just trying to figure out. And, and so I loved it because you even started off your TED talk and we'll put a link to it in the show, but you even started out your TED talk with, Something along the lines of, I struggle with sexual desire, and I feel like I'm starting an AA meeting or something, but that's me. Absolutely. I think that's like the most powerful way to start is to just state what is, mm -hmm. uh, which we don't get a lot of modeling for doing. And so by doing that, that's, that's really what launched you into where you are today, if you think about it. It is. Yeah. Just speaking up. Um, and actually, I mean, I got to give a ton of credit to my husband. I mean, I think because I was struggling, um, I would have probably preferred to just keep sweeping this under the rug. Okay. Um, but he, I mean, he was also struggling, but he was the one that said like, let's talk about this. You know, this was one of those topics that we didn't really talk about, but once every 12 months he'd sit down and say, you know, we need to talk. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and I would begrudgingly like, you know, when someone says that to you, yep. you kind of like, Oh yeah, pause. that's, that is not the opening we, anybody really likes to hear when you're talking about right. the struggles of marriage life. Yep. Yep, exactly. Um, but we did, we, we talked a little bit, you know, once a year roughly. And then, uh, you know, we kind of had that, that one time we were talking where something in me was like, maybe we actually need to get some help around this. Okay. Um, and I didn't even really know what that looked like at the time. Like, who do you talk about um, sex with outside of your partner, right? Now, now I have so many resources to do that with. But at the time, <laughs> I didn't really know. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that led you then to discovering that just talking about it makes a big difference. 
Yeah, surprisingly, I, I, I wouldn't have thought that I mean, even just the, you know, the first person I went to was my OB. And I sat down in her office and I said, Hey, I'm struggling with desire. Um, you know, my husband wants more sex and I don't. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what to do about it. So I'm coming to you. And she did this amazing thing, which is before she even started talking about what I could do, she just like acknowledged the, the prevalence of this. She said, oh my gosh, like you and every other woman in my practice. And she said, and me too. Right. And she shared her story. And it was just this like, you know, nothing at that point had happened. Nothing had changed. Right. I hadn't learned new, anything new other than the fact that I wasn't alone and there was someone else struggling with this. And in fact, one of them was right in front of me. And I felt so relieved um, just to have said it out loud and to have had it said back to me. Yeah. Like just, just that tiny little thing. And, and that's what's so interesting to me, Pam, is about the whole concept of silence that it makes mm -hmm. us feel all the more isolated, abnormal, uh, weird, broken, you know, oh, yes. all these all things <laughs> that, that just none of them feel good, right? They all just are like, Egh. no one wants to feel that. Yeah. And it's just finding the wherewithal and the courage to name it, to say it, changes the dynamic. Absolutely. In fact, my husband still to this day, I think, marvels at that, you know, that I will anytime I just say something hard out loud to him, you know, he kind of I think he kind of like gets this feeling in his body like, oh, my gosh, now this is going to be this hard, rough conversation. And I'm always like, oh, my gosh, it is so much better just having said it out loud, you know, right? right. <laughs> it is. It's there's such a relief because. Um, I stand less chance of feeling crazy or broken or wrong or all those things when I just say it. Exactly. And so here's where the, so the, one of the mantras I believe in and love that's, that's helped kind of shape and make the organic nature that sexy marriage radio has become and grown to is that in everything, particularly in sex, there's a higher desire and a lower desire that, yeah. that one of you wants something more than another. And most of the time, what I come across is couples don't think of that as differences. They think of that as right or wrong. That Definitely. if I'm the lower desire, there must be something wrong with me because that's what my higher desire partner is always telling me that. And yep. then our society is always telling you that you should want more sex. I mean, come on. Well, the litmus test we have for desire out in the world is you're just walking around your day and then you're horny all of a right. sudden. Right. And so if you don't, if your desire doesn't operate that way, you feel broken because no one's talking about the other ways that it works. <laughs> right, right. And so it's, it's uh, the thing I love about the message and what you're, what you've kind of landed on is this idea that really does target the lower desire that really does help her in most cases, although 30% of my audience would be the men, the man is the lower desire. Yeah. And I would say in my practice, it's like 60, 40, which I was super surprised about, but so, is absolutely true. So 40 being the, the male is the lower or 60 mm -hmm. being male, the lower 40 being the male is lower okay. and 60 the female. Yeah, and yep. that's, uh, I, it, that's what's so funny is because that's the stuff that's not talked about either. Oh, but, and I feel like I actually feel even I like, I feel empathetic towards women because I've had that experience and, and, you know, the way I tell them, I'm like, you know, it's just like someone being hungrier in the relationship, you know, they're just more hungry than you are. And, and so you're never going to feel your hunger. And, and that's normal because you have two people. 
But I, I think men have this even added dose of like shame place fire culture because, you know, if you're a guy, you really should always be ready. Right. Right. So, right. Like I've been like my heart aches even more for the the forty percent of women or sorry forty percent of men. Right. No, I I get it because that that is one of those things that we've tried to do some shows in the past and and really talk about that dynamic because it is different when it's the woman that's the higher desire because there seems to be something in the male makeup when he's the higher desire that you know I'll I'll step up to the plate again and then I'll swing and strike you know and it's there's just this element of it doesn't hit as yeah. it hits different. It's what's portrayed out there on the television shows it and is, everything. Right. You know? So there's yeah. nothing wrong yeah, like, with oh, me okay. at least. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But your, your thing of just trying to speak to the, the woman that struggles with desire and the main thing you've landed on from, from the little I've, I've learned of you and I'm learning more that is the biggest thing is talk about it, speak yeah. up, say something. Absolutely. Um, I think there's, and, and I'll probably add one more thing to that, which is talk about it. Um, and also in that talking about it, um, what I find is that women start to um, not feel alone, but then also kind of notice that when they talk about it with friends, there's a part of um, what happens in that conversation where um you know, you, you get to feel like, okay, I'm part of a community. I'm not alone. And then there's the other part where you start to hear people's stories and not just the bad stories, right? Like, Oh, I, you know, struggling here. Cause everyone also says, but you know, what does work for me? Right. And then they share something. Right? right. So then you start to feel like a little bit inspired during the conversation to maybe try something. And so this, this, um, I think it's like a springboard for exploration, okay. which is, which is cool. Yeah. And, well, now you're speaking the higher desires language of, oh, let's go explore right, right. some more. <laughs> okay. And so just to touch base real quick, uh, as, as we kind of wrap up this segment with you, and then I want to unpack this even more, but this would be what the showbiz called a tease for those of you that are listening right. to the free version of Sexy Marriage Radio. If you want more, sign up to the extended. Um, you've landed on this concept called circles, which... Yes. I, when I read that and came across it, I was like, okay, this is so simplistic. It's brilliant that, and that's what most things are. It seems because I've right. gotten, I have a lot of uh, good results from doing uh, masterminds with men. We just, uh, just men being better men and we do it better in a group. And yeah. so it's that same kind of model, but briefly talk about what's the power of the circle. And then I want to talk about the research and what you found, because being the researcher that you are, you even <laughs> geeked out on this. So tell, tell, yes, tell everybody a little bit did. about the circles. <laughs> yeah. So um, what I found was like, even talking to my OB, like that was relieving. And then, you know, we ended up finding a therapist and that was a nice conversation between me, my husband and the therapist. But along the way, uh, I kind of was just struck by the importance of talking about it. And uh, I, so I started talking to some girlfriends. I started like writing kind of what my experiences were. I sent it to them. They immediately like picked up the phone and called me. And one of them said, you know, we should get together in person and talk about this, okay. which actually kind of freaked me out. Until that point, I had been talking to just professionals, right? I knew that this was going to work, but like just talking to my girlfriends, I wasn't sure. 
Um, but we did, we agreed we were going to all put on like our yoga clothes and go to the park because no one wanted to tell their partners where they were going. Right. Um, and we get to this park and we talk for hours. Um, we cry, we laugh. And at the end, you know, we thought it was just, we were just going to meet in the park and talk and then we were done. We'd walk away. Um, but at the end we thought, oh my gosh, we have to do this again next month. So we actually just kept meeting, kept meeting, kept meeting, just talking about sex. And um, yeah, it was funny. The partners eventually found out. And like you said, the, the higher desire partners, some of, some of them anyways, were like, yeah, when are you going to go to the Pam's thing again? <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was funny. I did that myself just with this you know, group of 12 women for a year. And at the end of the year, I kind of had that revelation again, like, well, all women should be able to have this mm -hmm. experience of talking to their girlfriends. And so I started to like think about what we had talked about and I put together discussion prompts and I just like put it on my website. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, hey, I've been doing this thing. If anyone else wants to do this thing, here's some materials to get you started. Because some women, you know, just what blocks them is, well, one, asking their friends if they want to talk about sex. That's scary. Right. Um, and then two, like knowing like how to get the conversation started. Right. Um, so I, I put materials out there for women to do that and they're just free. They're just sitting out there. Um, and, uh, yeah, like a few hundred women did that. They wrote me and they got the materials and they had their own circles. And, and eventually I started researching it cause I, I thought, you know, I, I want to be able to share with like mental health professionals right. and doctors that like, this is a real, um, you know, empirically validated thing. Right. Um, but it's powerful. Absolutely. And that's the thing, because what I what what rings true, just hearing you speak about it and just thinking about the journey that could be going on and is going on with a lot of the women and even in some cases, the men that can do mm -hmm. a similar thing, because this is sex is not refined to just women that have a struggle with it. <laughs> right. So it's 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 realizing that this is kind of touching on the human spirit, the mm -hmm. the bond of community, the bond, because I, I just think of it as. You know, used to back when uh, settler days and, you know, nations were just getting formed, there would have been times sitting around the campfire and, you know, it could have easily spun towards the topic of sex. Absolutely. Or there was conversations sitting out on the front porches as, as you know, communities are getting formed and there's no air conditioning. Cause I've actually <laughs> come across research that said one of the one of the things that created the most disconnect in our country is air conditioning. Yeah. Because people I, stopped funny, sitting I, outside. Yeah. I just saw um, a TED talk about a, a two women who are encouraging women to go walking in their neighborhood and kind of for the same reason, yeah. you know, it's, it's to build that community to have those, you know, front porch conversations again. Uh, and yeah, the, the support you feel from another community um, of, of women talking about these conversations that, you know, I think it's interesting. One, the one guideline I do give the, the circle participants is to not give advice. Right. Because I think that's the one thing that we can tend to do that can actually curtail the connection and humanity that you're talking about. Yep. So, you know, we always ask everyone to just speak about your personal experience and share that instead right. of getting into that, like, well, have you tried? Have you tried? Right. And um, there's something about that that keeps it very humanity focused and um, is inspiring. You know, I found women ending up wanting to um, 
you know, I, I provide content for like four meetings and a lot of the women have written me and said, Hey, you know, after that fourth meeting, we came up with a list of our own topics and we do field trips now and we do, you know, all these great things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome because that's, I mean, you're, you're talking about trying to remove the hurdle of the fix it mentality that I think we all can have. Mm-hmm. And if you have the, even just the simple rule of you can't talk, you know, we're not trying to fix it. There's no advice giving here. There's no dominating here. This is a, this is a joint thing. It keeps the focus on the experience rather than, Oh, let me help you. Or, Oh, at least it's not me. Or, you know, cause I think that's kind of where we will go to in our psyche, isn't it? That, Oh, we'll compare and we'll fix and we'll judge and we'll do all these things as opposed to, just sharing what is going on for us, um, which, you know, I, I think when you do that, actually all those other things, you know, kind of fade away. Right. Um, and, the, and the solutions like kind of actually just organically occur once you've been able to share in so that way. So it's interesting that we got both ends of the spectrum today. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> high and low. Male, high, low, male, female. We'll just female. switch genders. Yeah. But it it is so fascinating to me is that it, it seems like there's countless attempts to try to solve this riddle, you know, solve this puzzle of higher or lower. How do I change it? And the thing I loved about Pam and the thing I love about our show is that the through conversations, you don't necessarily solve it, but you give a much better roadmap towards a possibility. Yeah. And it, that's something that can be so simple. It really is. I, I mean, whether you have a, a core of friends, whether you're in the academy and you've got that core of people in the academy that you can share life with and share real questions about, um, those are the things that start you moving in the right direction. They absolutely are. And so as part of the Sexy Marriage Nation, um, I am so glad you're a part of this conversation. Mm-hmm. And so if there's something that we left undone or a question that has been triggered as part of our conversation, 214 214- 702-9565 is how you voice that or you may email feedback at sexymarriageradio.com so whatever you're doing and however you've been listening we have to say thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with us see you next time